0: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to turn up the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horrible horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode, I delve into the world of terrible horror movies. Why do I do it? Well, I can't really explain it, but I love these horrible movies. If you've ever made a horror movie on your phone or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. Now, what do you get when you mix racism, homophobia, and a man-eating creature? Why, you get the 2003 classic Jeepers Creepers 2. Why, hello, everybody, and welcome to another wonderful episode. But I might use wonderful a a little... Eh, It's a little too much, maybe. Another episode! Hey, look at that! Well, this episode, of course, we're talking about Jeepers Creepers too. Now, I want to give a little background on Jeepers Creepers. And there's a really cool video, if you go to the Facebook page uh, that I linked from YouTube, and it actually shows... How part of it was actually taken from an um, Unsolved Mysteries episode, which is really cool. At least the first couple of scenes that you see in the original Jeepers Creepers. And it really was kind of a, a new take on, I wouldn't say new take, an interesting take on the creature genre. It had an interesting uh, creature, uh, which still exists here. There's a little more lore put into Jeepers Creepers 2 on the Creeper. But in general, it was one of those surprising movies that kind of caught me off guard on how well done it was. There was a lot of tension in that movie, and it focused around mainly just a brother and sister who were running away from this monster called the Creeper. And you never knew what was going to happen. Now, I'm going to spoil it for you a little bit because I like the end of Jeepers Creepers. That's one of the best parts of that movie. And it takes place inside of a police station, and there's a lot of of emphasis on not knowing when the creature's going to show up and you know they tell you a little more about the creeper through the um the psychic that's going along with them and you have the brother and sister they're trying to figure out how to escape because one of them is going to be the target of the creeper which ends up happening to be justin long and that was the kind of cool thing in the movie not that justin long played the brother even though I mean, this is one of the first films that I truly remember him from. And he does a great job in that film, by the way. A little whiny, but that's kind of the character, too. And the play between both the brother and the sister in that movie uh, really was well done, I, at least in my opinion, for a horror film. You don't see him outside of uh, that one mirror movie that I can't remember the name of. And if you can remember, go ahead and tweet it to me. Uh, Because I'm pretty sure that everybody's like, oh, it's this fucking movie. And I know why Ouija comes to mind, but it's Oculus. That's the name of the movie. You don't need to tweet me anymore. The name of the movie was Oculus, where I thought the brother-sister relationship in that movie was very strong and very fun. It was the same with Jeepers Creepers. And the fact that you think it's the sister that's the one that's the target the whole time, and both characters do. And then it turns out he actually wants whatever he wants from the brother in that film. And that's how we ended it. Now, the history of the Creeper, at least, what we know of is that every 23 years, and especially with the start of Jeepers Creepers 2, they explain this to you again, but every 23 years of every 23rd spring for 23 days, he's got a very weird obsession with 23. Well, But he comes to life, or he comes back, and he that's his time to feed and regenerate his body. So he smells something in the fear of people. And they'll explain this again, and we'll play the clip, uh, of course, of the explanation of the Creeper. Uh, But he comes out, and he goes on a terrorizing rampage, kills a bunch of people, eats the parts, or uh, at least the people, to gain the parts of that person that he needs for whatever regenerative process he has. And it's an interesting play on that creature himself. Now, we get to Jeepers Creepers 2. And it seems a lot of that tension is gone in this film. Everything that I liked about the original is completely wasted. The only thing that's pretty cool and pretty neat is just, in terms of the storyline, is it takes place within the last couple of days of the creeper cycle. So soon he's going to go back into hibernation, or stasis, or whatever it is he does, And, you know, now he's going to... But he's going to finish up his little spree that he started in Jeepers Creepers. Now, I also know they're going to do a third movie. They finally announced one for 2017. But that's such a long period of time in between these two films. And it makes me believe that the second installment really kind of delayed that uh, third installment from coming out right away. I mean, but you have to think about This has a very small budget. The second installment really only had a budget of $17 million, which, when you think about it, is not that much for a horror franchise, and it's also not that much from the original movie, which only had a $10 million budget, but managed to make $52 million in the box office, at least domestically is from what I can grab, whereas this one it made $63.1 million. Still a good grab, and actually, for the longest time held the highest for an r-rated movie in the labor day weekend and that's nothing to snuff at and the original jeepers creepers actually had set the record and then this overtook the record and this was overtaken later later but the second one still for a r-rated movie for a weekend uh has a really good uh you know box office score and this, this movie also kind of holds things for me because, uh, personal information aside, my birthday is around Labor Day, and I remember this was like the birthday thing that we were going to do. There were two movies that I was scorned by as a kid, uh, well, as a young one, uh, <laughs> that really affected me, and like, I went and saw for my birthday. And this was one of them, and the other one was the second Underworld movie, which I think is Evolution. I'm not quite sure. And both of them ruined my fucking birthday, <laughs> to be completely honest with you. Uh, the second one uh, more so than this one, because I liked the first one, and I didn't like the first Underworld that much. I thought there were neat ideas, but I don't want to go on a tangent about Underworld. I think that's going to be something for another podcast. So you have Jeepers Creepers too. And honestly, after I'd seen the first one, I was very interested to see what they would do with it, how they would expand it, what more lore could they put into this franchise? Do I get to learn more about the Creeper? Where do we go from the, you know, the single, uh, well, not the single, but the chasing of the two siblings, and all of a sudden, now we're going to go on, and even from the trailer, I'm like, oh my god, there's a whole bus full of kids this time, and... That's who we're gonna go after, and it's gonna be great. You're gonna see the creeper rip all of them, and you know it's still an R-rated movie, so we're gonna be able to do a lot more stuff with this, and it's gonna be great. And then Jeepers Creepers Two happened. I, I it's just a disappointment. It's not, it's not a terrible sequel as far as sequels goes, and we'll definitely do a bigger discussion towards the end of this podcast about. The movie as a whole, but I just kind of want to put it out there. It's it's not a good film, but it's not a bad film. You know, it's not one of those ones that you're like, oh my god, why did I spend my money? Though I think at the age that I saw this, I kind of thought that why did I spend my money on this? But watching it again, it was better than I remembered. Now you have to understand in this world full of sequels, in this world full of horror movies, and especially this world full of horror movies. Jeepers Creepers 2 really kind of falls into the Abyss category. I mean, really, I don't remember much about it, but what I do remember about it were the same things that I had problems with when I first saw it. But the characters themselves, well, there's a little more to be desired. So without further ado, how about we talk about Jeepers Creepers 2? And as always, we're going to go through the whole thing and we're going to, you know, play some clips, and this time, uh, like some of the episodes that we've had, there are longer clips, some that are over a minute long, and it's not by choice that I want to do this, but it's really hard to kind of break them apart, and instead of break it apart, say something really fast, and then continue playing the clip, I'm just going to play the clip as an entire uh, set of sequences. (laughs) So, without further ado, let's get into the movie. So everything opens up, like I said before, it opens up with a title card explaining more about the Creeper. Well, in case you forgot from the last movie why he comes around. Well, this is the end of the cycle as we're explaining and now we're going into like a cornfield and there's a young boy that's putting up scarecrows. Obviously, when you look at all the scarecrows and if you've seen the trailer, one of the scarecrows is not like the other. And I wonder who that could be. Oh, could it be, you know, uh, some dude just playing a joke on anybody? Or is it the fucking creeper? I think you know what the answer is. It's the fucking creeper. So he's putting it up. And the dad, I guess they're trying to build a fence. So they're using some type of post gun. You know, those ones where it shoots the the thing into the ground so that it can make the post hole for the fences. You know, instead of like when I did it when I was a kid and I dug it with my dad. You use the giant little shovel looking thing to do it by hand. This is one of those, like, hydro-powered post things. And the dad's upset because he thinks somebody's been fucking with his machine. Jackie?
2: You've been messing with the damn post puncher again, huh? No. Billy, you little asshole! Why don't you rat yourself out for a change? What did I do? You little butt sniff! I ought to come out there and
0: kick your ass!
1: And so while Jackie, who's the oldest son, is arguing with Billy, the youngest son, something happens in the background. And of course, we get these weird little kind of jump scares with the creeper. He looks over at the boy. The boy thinks that he sees that the Scarecrow's been moving. And eventually, he jumps off the Scarecrow cross, kind of like Jesus, uh, and... (laughs) Really, when you watch it, all the scarecrows are up there, and they're hung up like Jesus. And I know you can't see it on a podcast, but I'm actually doing the damn pose with my arms right now. And I don't know why. Uh, So, he jumps down, and he goes after Billy, because obviously Billy has something he needs. It could be his legs, it could be his arms, it could be his eyes. Well, it wouldn't be his eyes, because that's... What he did to Justin Long in the last movie. He tore out his eyes in the back of his head. And actually a pretty cool effect in the first Jeepers Creepers. And then the the father, you know, as I'll call him Pop Pop. Uh, so Pop Pop and Jackie the son start running after him. And they're chasing him through the corn. Uh, and they can't quite catch him. And uh, the Creeper is just dragging Billy by the head. Through the, the corn maze. Uh, which actually looks kind of cool. Uh, at least the urgency of it. And, and like I said, the movies, this part of the movie starts off really strong. And I was really excited. And still, when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, maybe it's going to be better than I remember. Just based upon this opening scene. Uh, to the point where you see the creeper fly away. And then we focus in on the father's face. And it's a really long, f- like slow focus in on his face of both disbelief and and him being saddened that his son was taken away from him, and also the anger. It's, it's kind of a weird look on the guy's face, and that actor looks really familiar, but I couldn't quite pinpoint where he's been other than Jeepers Creepers and a couple of TV shows, which I don't watch. So we look in, and then as it slowly starts to fade out, we get the worst fucking school chant in all of fucking school chants.
2: Now now, now, our kids are telling Alpha, Thug, would lean and mean Phantom County's death machine Phantom Phantoms, Phantom Phantoms Go Phantoms Phantom Phantoms, power and light Phantom Phantoms, fight by fight Phantom Phantoms, with a word You don't mess with a mighty bird Down the court, we'll clean your clock Better not mess with a fighting cock Phantom Phantoms, Phantom Phantoms Go Phantoms Phantom Phantoms
1: So, can you guess what the emphasis is here on this fucking song? Yeah, that's right. It's on cock. Everything's on cock. You got a whole bus full of boys, and they're all chanting about the fighting cocks. You know, it's like, seriously, I understand these are like high school kids, and, you know, they're boys from my, I think it's a basketball team. Originally, I thought it was a football team, but as things progress you realize it's a basketball team because that subtle racism comes in to play as they go on but it's it's so ridiculous that they did this on purpose to the fact that even the three count them three fucking cheerleaders on the bus realize how annoying this song is
0: how long can they keep this up forever
2: a fight song with the word cock in it
1: that's actually a pretty funny joke and i'm glad the movie is very aware of itself at that point point. and it's kind of true you know when you were a young boy or well i don't know if you were a young boy but when i was a young boy things like cock and you know any swear word that was out there or anything that resembled a swear word kind of made you laugh and you could just say it i mean i remember the time when i was a kid and i learned about the word shit and my sister and i were in the backyard of the house and we were just screaming shit at the top of my lungs but, of course, this was also when I was, like, fucking 10 years old. Not a fucking senior or junior in fucking high school. Oh, cock. oh that's funny. Oh. Oh. It's it's just fucking annoying. And I get why they, they did that. And it's just... It's not just a shitty chant because of that. It's the way that it's done. Because it doesn't even mouth properly to the people that are in the bus. And we also get to have a like a pan of all the people that're going to be important to us in this story. Uh I- including for some reason we focus on the bus driver, the coach, the assistant coach, and some dude that's just sitting in the back by himself like pouting. Um uh, they they go on to explain that, you know, oh, one it's one of the cheerleaders' boyfriends of course, and he's probably upset about, you know, what he the time that he didn't get to play even though they managed to win the state championship. And I also forgot to mention that this is now day 23. So this is officially the last day of the Creeper. And the the scene that we saw before was actually day 22. So he went and took Bobby. And within and, and this is going to be very important for another part of the film. But they went and took the, the youngest, Bobby, on day 22. That's when the Creeper came and took them. And now we're going to focus on these douchebags in this fucking bus. Along with, again, three cheerleaders. Three. Like... Your school, I understand this is probably some backwater school in the middle of Florida, and no offense to anybody in Florida, kind of, uh, but uh, you got to have more than three fucking cheerleaders. Come on. And they're not even, like, the best-looking cheerleaders. There's, like, one that's, like, decent, and one that can act, and one that happens to be important to the story later on. I'll have you guess which one that is. But it's just so ridiculous that... You don't have more of a budget. Like, you got a budget to have this basketball team with all these players. And I'm sure half these players don't even play. And and matter of fact, I mean, you normally have what? Like, maybe five people on the bench? There's got to be like 20-something people besides the three cheerleaders and the three teachers that are on the, well, the bus driver and the two coaches, I should say, that are on this bus, you know, that just aren't playing at all. I don't know. I never really played high school sports. A big fucking surprise there. But... I Even knowing from playing just like Little League and stuff like that, you have a lot of players, sometimes they just kind of sit out and they don't play for this game. They play the next game or they're just bench players or you cycle them out of the outfield or something like that. Maybe that's what happens in high school basketball and I'm just a fucking idiot. Who knows? So they are driving along when the bus is suddenly hit by something and it blows out one of the tires. The three adults leave the bus and they go check out what it is. And the bus lady manages to pull something out of the bus tire.
2: What in the hell are we looking at? Sharp enough to flatten the tire, whatever it is. You know how thick that rubber is? You have to be shot into it like a bullet. Jesus Christ, the damn thing has got teeth in it.
1: So what we see here is the creeper's weapon of choice, which is kind of like a shuriken that uh, is made out of bone, teeth, and flesh. It's really actually kind of neat and again this is just this is like an homage to the creeper itself because uh not really an homage but more or less like a credit to the design of the creeper itself uh that his weapons and everything that he uses is made of the people that he's captured so you see him just like a hunter a true hunter that hunts and kills and uses every part of the animal That's what the creeper does. And it's kind of neat to see that type of character and this type of monster, at least in this day and in this time, uh, being made. Where it's not just a generic slasher guy. You actually created something that was new and and really kind of uh, unique to the situation. So, they pull it out. And I have to also talk about the bus driver. The bus driver looks like a low rank Kathy Bates. Like, <laughs> I don't know how, how else to... Like, if Kathy Bates was a lot younger... I'm not talking, like, misery-era Kathy Bates. I mean, like, much younger than that, but she's made to look older because they peppered her hair. Uh, that's what she kind of looks like. And then you've got the the porno assistant coach, who's got the porn stash. And then you've got the coach, Coach Dwight himself. And it's what's interesting about him is that he was in the original jeepers creepers as well and he just had a small part in that movie and he has a small part kind of in this one too but i believe he was one of the officers that they first talked to when they went to the police station and so it's kind of neat to see him go into this one and i wonder if he'll pop up when they finally do the third one if he's still alive so they talk uh, they get everybody off the bus uh, and then we hear a little bit more uh, about the last movie uh, when the the guys are listening to the radio on the bus. She'll give us the latest update on a continuing story we call The Horror in Poho County. Hey, Poho update!
3: Well, Peter, the fire which gutted an old church south of Pertwilla four days ago continues to offer up a gruesome bounty. County sheriffs excavating the charred ruins say the body count is now up well past 300. County coroners say the bodies were found stitched to each other, covering the basement's walls and ceiling. One on-the-scene witness called it a human tapestry of torture and sadism and a sight he will never forget. Sheila, the details keep getting stranger
2: and stranger every day this week, it seems. Any new information?
3: Some of the corpses they have found had false teeth made out of wood, that means some of the bodies they're finding down there are over 200 years old. But, Peter, it's the condition of the cadavers that's the strangest fact of all. The county coroner's office reported yesterday that they have yet to find any one complete body. Leave that, man. One missing, no, they're making it up. Either an out. external limb or an internal organ. What connection this has?
1: This is actually one of the kind of neat things about this film in terms of how it tries to relate back to the last film. In this sense, we get an update on what's actually happened. Even though the movie was made two years after the original, they decided only to make it a couple days after the original film. And it was at this point in the movie, I remember seeing it for the first time, I realized, oh, hey, this is pretty close. Like, even here, I didn't realize at the beginning of the film when I started watching this again, that it was so close to the original. It doesn't really tell you that, it just kind of assumes that you know. And it takes this scene to kind of put you in that frame set. I mean, if I wasn't really paying much attention to it, I might not have gotten it right away. I mean, to be completely honest with you, uh, a lot of this movie is pretty damn boring, and I might not have been paying attention. But at least at the beginning of the film, you should be paying attention, because you're trying to get into the story, not into the random crap that's going to happen in a little while that really doesn't need to be in the fucking movie at all. So... The bus driver at this point decides to come back onto the bus, and she's trying to radio, and they can't get any type of signal out of anyone.
2: Anyone read me. We are down and disabled out on East 9. Come back.
0: We gotta be in some kind of sunspot or something. There's no signal getting out.
2: Eh, It's gonna be dark in about an hour. Well, we still got five tires on the ground, which means we can probably limp home if we keep the going slow.
1: So I've got to say something that I totally forgot happened right before this scene, before I get into what just happened there and, and kind of my thoughts. I mean, that's pretty simple as it is, but we actually got to have a scene with the with Pop-Pop back at home with Jackie, and they actually found a knife that belongs to the Creeper. And that knife itself, it randomly flies out of his hands and sticks into a lamp, and I guess maybe it's trying to return to the Creeper, and maybe that's something that we're going to use as, like, a compass later on. I don't know. We just go back, and then it fades back into this scene. Now, this is 2003, so I can kind of understand if you have spotty cell phone reception and you can't get it, but they make it sound like nobody can reach them anywhere, and they're just stuck in a sunspot, or, you know, the Creeper's that smart that he's got a fucking jammer that he's set somewhere you know, that uh, blocks all cell phone signals, especially since they're so wide out in the open, you would think that they would be able to get something, but at least they take account for the time that they're in and that there are cell phones, even though spotted coverage was pretty common back then. Uh, Not as much as it is now, you would have to find some other type of neat explanation, or you'd have to see the creeper at his, like, laptop slowly typing in things, He's typing feverishly, getting his code all together, and he's getting in there, he's hacking into the database, he's up at the fucking satellite, and he's got it, and the creeper goes down, and everybody suddenly doesn't have any type of cell phone reception within the area that he's at. I mean, I guess that would actually kind of be cool. Like, you get to see how well, what type of computer skills. He, he's gonna go after, like, the nerd of the bus, the jock of the bus. Not the jock, I'm sorry, the equipment manager of the bus. Because specifically, he knows how to code, and he's an all-star hacker that nobody's ever heard of before, and he's going to accept those skills into his body by eating the heart of poor Bucky here on the bus, who I haven't really talked about yet, but we'll talk about more about Bucky later. That would actually kind of be neat. I wonder if they'll do that in the next movie. Huh. Anyway, so they can't find anything, so all the boys, uh, with all their shirtlessness, there is a very uh homoerotic factor to a lot of this film uh that <laughs> it's hard to escape maybe it's just me watching it and i was reading some things online before i started watching this film and i wanted to see some of the reviews that went out there about Jeepers Creepers too and one of them talked about how the focus was on men so much and and especially one of the scenes that's going to be coming up uh, that they wondered whether or not the Creeper was actually after the boys, specifically because they were boys. Though he does attack a couple of the girls in the film, too. But it really makes you wonder, because the emphasis in the beginning on the whole cock thing, and then you see a bunch of shirtless boys on the roof, and you see a bunch of shirtless boys walking around, and then you get the ping-sing with the shirt. There are a lot of fucking shirtless boys in this movie. Huh. Maybe that guy's got a point anyway so they all go go off the bus and of course the three girls are there all together and they get caught by coach dwight
3: lady cheerleaders that's
2: not smoke i smell is it minxy there's not a girl in the world these days stupid enough to kill themselves by sucking on cancer sticks am
1: i right oh come on smoking's cool and you got to get into the movie some way right Gotta show that these high school students, they're being badass. They're the cheerleaders, so they have to go off and smoke. And they're the only ones that smoke in this movie because they're not the athletes like the young men are. And of course, who comes out from behind the tree but the bus driver after the coach leaves, of course, because they're all holding their breath in, and it's like some fucking Looney Tunes cartoon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm surprised their faces didn't start glowing red, and they couldn't get the smoke out. to start going out of their ears, and, you know, but of course, they all exhale the moment the coach leaves, and it's just... <clears throat> It's one of those scenes where it's like, look, the tobacco company paid me to put their product in the film, but they didn't say that I couldn't tell you that it was bad. And then after I told you that it was bad, it wasn't the right thing to do. I don't show the bus driver coming out puffing away perfectly fine on a fucking cigarette. Of course, she looks like a haggardy Kathy Bates, so, you know, maybe that's a reflection. Look, you guys are young and noble, so you guys, you shouldn't be smoking, but if you're old like that bitch over there, then make sure you fucking toke up every day. Well... Toke up's probably the wrong word, but light that cigarette. You know, like Johnny Cash once said, smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Gotta have another. Anyway, <clears throat> so after the coach catches them and we can, you know, go through the whole moral, not moral lesson, uh, we get this, the scene of Bucky, the, the nerd, along with, I believe it's Dante and then Izzy, they're all having a conversation outside, and it turns over to, again, what Izzy's sexuality preference is?
2: You know what the story is on your scars there, right?
1: No, tell me. Got into a fight when you
2: snuck into a bar. So? A gay bar, bro. You do know what they call you, don't you, Izzy? That's my name. Or isn't he?
1: Really, what does this have to do with the fucking film? These guys are all homophobic now. They all think that because maybe he was in a gay bar and got in a fight in there that he shouldn't be with the team because they're going to be showering all the time or something. And he's just going to happen to go over there and look at their dicks and be like, man, I want me a piece of them. Or, Or look at their ass and be like, Man, I could just slide right in there. Look at all that cushion on that butt over there. Uh, What the fuck is the point of this fucking part being in the movie? I don't fucking get it. It doesn't add anything to the movie. You don't really learn more about this. Is the creeper going to go and find this guy because there's a fear of getting found out and the creeper decides you know what? I want to be gay so I'm going to eat the gay guy and that's what I'm going to... I don't know and I don't fucking get it and it's Fucking retarded. I'm sorry for using that word, but that's what this is. This is the stupidest fucking thing in this movie that I've heard so far, and there's more that's gonna be added to it. It makes no sense. Why would you put this into a film? Even in 2003, you should have more respect for your fucking characters than to go off these simple, stupid fucking tropes. Okay, we live in backward-ass Florida, and we're worried about the queers, the coloreds, and the steers. I don't know why they'd be worried about the steers. Maybe I, maybe the alligators. are worried about the fucking alligators, man. So, but really, like, how stupid does that sound? That stup- sounds as stupid as this fucking line in this movie. I, <clears> hmm, <throat> this is one of the things that besides other clips that are going to happen in this the fucking review of this movie that I just don't fucking get. It makes no sense being in there and it really shouldn't. So after this lovely scene, we see the boys all going back onto the bus because as we talked before, they still have five tires. So they're going to be able to limp home just fine uh, on those tires and get everybody back to the school. So we then cut over to Pop-Pop and Jake. And Pop-Pop, he's decided I'm going to go hunting after the Creeper at this point in the film. And I have no idea what time of day this is. This, it's very daylight. And I don't know if it's early morning or it's afternoon or it's mid-afternoon. Because you never really know what time we've got here. And we see Pop-Pop fucking going all Hardcore blacksmith and making his own weapons. It looks like he's making a bunch of harpoons that he's going to use somehow, and he kind of looks like he's getting ready to turn that post launcher into a fucking harpoon gun. So we go from them and then we cut back over to everybody else inside the van. Well, I should say bus, actually, not van. And you see Scott, who I really haven't talked about yet, uh, but. He's gonna start to get a lot more screen time, uh, as you should know. And he's talking with his girlfriend of why he has such a fucking stupid pouty face on him.
2: You know, you could talk about it. Might help a little bit. What did I play today? Twelve minutes?
3: Well, it was a great twelve minutes.
2: Hannah's <laughs> got it in for me. Him and his little token white boy Barnes. Um, maybe I got
1: the wrong skin color to get equal play on this team. I know you don't mean that. Yes, he fucking does. And again, here's another fucking thing that doesn't need to be in this movie. Why all of a sudden do we need to have race fucking relations in this fucking film? Oh, he doesn't like me because I'm a poor fucking white boy. And I didn't get to play the minutes that I should have played. I played 12 minutes out of two 24-minute halves. So you played a fourth of the fucking game. And you think you're better than everybody else in this fucking bus? You know, it's fucking ridiculous. And then you're mad because the coach is black and he selected some of the black players to play on the floor. Maybe they actually are better than you. Maybe it's not about fucking race all the time. You know, I hope that you die a horrible fucking death like the creature could comes out and it fucking rips your face off because it wants your pretty boy face and it fucking eats it and then a, your his face becomes yours or he just eats it and realize how much of a fucking vile character you are and throws it up on the ground because you're more fucking evil than the fucking creeper is and the creepers out there been been killing people for over thousands of years and has you know fuck maybe he needs the racism gene too he needs the racism and maybe later he's going to kill Dante to get the fucking homophobic gene. You know, I need to be more evil and these two people are fucking evil and that's why I wrote these people that way. I just don't understand that. Why do you need to add this to the film? It makes no sense. It, it really brings down the quality of your film and all it does is make me groan and cringe. I mean, I, it happened to me the first time I saw this movie and it happened to me the second time I watched this movie. This turned me off. The first part turned me off, the second part, this part right here, and it still happens again in the fucking movie. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know what to do. I gotta continue with this film. So, let's get off of racism and homophobia, and let's go over to Minxie, who happens to be the third cheerleader, and she falls asleep. And she has some sort of dream where she sees Justin Long and he's in the field and he's mouthing something and it's really tough to see what he's mouthing and it I think it's go back like go back away, don't keep going forward, turn around, something like that It's very difficult I'm not a very good lip reader, so if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but for the most part like i I want to know what exactly he said to her or at least mouthed to her in this part of the movie well when she wakes up that's when the creeper again throws another shuriken at the bus and pops another tire
2: everyone stays off the road now
1: stuck in the side of the tire
2: again oh god tell me that's a belly button in
1: the middle of that thing what's kind of neat here too is again the tie back to the first movie the belly button is there's a tattoo around the belly button and that's the same tattoo that justin long's character had in the first film so as you can see again he's using the whole body to do whatever he wants and now he's created a justin long based weapon which is actually pretty cool i think i'd want that but i'd want more of the character from waiting Like, maybe like an insult type of gun, or like, you know, uh, it would flash certain things. Like, maybe it would flash the goat when you threw it. That'd be kind of cool. You know, you could get your friends into seeing the goat all the time. If you don't know what the goat is and you've never seen Waiting, please see that movie. It's fucking hilarious. So, now that the bus is totally fucked, and it's stuck there in the middle of the road. She's gotten everybody out because she doesn't want everybody to be attacked or run into you know while they're out there in the middle of the road uh but something kind of catches their eye and everybody goes outside to start laying down like flares and things like that poor coach dwight he gets picked up by the creeper and gets flown into the air
0: okay champions getting back on the betty Boop. bucky get on the toy, see if you can raise anyone i'm talking to you scotty
2: what the hell happened to the coach get everyone back on board and close those doors
1: Yes, Scotty, fucking do it. So at this point, too, I think that the coach, not the coach, but the bus driver, she's going to be some sort of badass and maybe go out there and fight with the creeper. But nope, she gets taken away, too, and some of the students see it. The assistant coach, he runs back to the bus, and they try to figure out what exactly happened to her. What happened? What'd you see? What'd you see? Come on, did you see something or not? And here, this is where I start to question the R rating of this movie. Because I really haven't seen anything worthy of an R rating yet. The coach has been taken, and he was swooped up into the air. Billy was taken, and he was dragged through the forest, and there was a little bit of blood, but not forest, the cornfield. And there was a little bit of blood, but there wasn't anything really nasty about it. And now the bus lady, she's been taken, Miss faux Kathy Bates, and nothing has really been R-rated besides the racism and homophobia and some of the language. Like, I don't, don't get it. So they start arguing on the bus, and then we get the assistant coach comes back, and Scotty again starts spouting some of his stupid bullshit. Go sit down Scott You got a
2: problem with me? No you got one with me Do I what? You heard me We don't have time
1: for bullshit Scott Go sit down And at that point from the front of the bus The assistant coach now gets taken away by the creeper You see the, the feet come down grab them and pull them up And it freaks everybody out on the bus Wondering what the fuck was that thing What was it?
2: Scotty, what the fuck was it? Scotty, come on!
0: Scotty, we just— wanted- I don't know
2: what it was, all right.
1: And he's completely covered in the coach's blood, all over his face, and he was actually kind of rubbing it back on his face. Maybe he thought it was like water or something, or maybe it was piss from the coach when he pissed his pants after being dragged into the air. But nonetheless, it actually was blood, and we we see him like completely freak out and completely shut down. We then cut over to uh, Pop-Pop, and he's listening to Police Scanner, and they're basically kind of using some bad jokes of the situation, what's going on, but they give him kind of the general area where he needs to go in case he wants to go and actually find the creeper.
0: burning a marijuana field out there tonight because these two stories are way way out
1: (laughs) ha (laughs) ha 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 burning a marijuana field because of course that would just get everybody high and you know they would think that somebody's being abducted but people are being abducted and there's actually shit going on there so fuck you that's not a good joke (sighs) Ugh. Well, now we're back on the bus. And they're trying to figure out what to do exactly. And they're looking for weapons that they could possibly use to defend themselves from the creeper. Now, I believe this is one of the longer clips that we have, so please stick with me here. Javelins? we
0: have got spears on this bus?
1: Sticks.
2: You want to wait around so you can poke at that thing with
0: sticks? That thing shows up here again, and I'd rather have a sharp
2: stick in my hand than nothing at all. Hey, guys. Betty's flag gun. A bunch of flags for it, too. Who says we wait around? I'm serious. Scotty, you're not talking about getting off this bus. You see that? That means that there's a farm down at the end of this road somewhere, and that's as far as anybody would have to get to. With that thing out there? Scotty, with that thing out there? that thing hasn't been back here in almost an hour and that doesn't mean that it's not still up there somewhere and that doesn't mean that it is hey this isn't about who can run the fastest okay or being a pussy what is your problem you tell me is he or is he hey check yourselves both of you do i make you nervous thinking you're gonna come on to me and every other swinging dick on this bus makes me nervous yeah it makes you fucking stupid too
1: yeah it does make you fucking stupid again we're gonna have to go back to this homophobia now, now there's another guy on the fucking bus is worried about all the dicks on the goddamn bus because he could possibly be gay and of course he's going to want to fucking sleep with... Oh. Again, why? We want to show that this guy's a dick and he couldn't just be a dick like a normal fucking dick or a normal fucking bully. He has to have these fucking type of tendencies and... So it's going to get them to start fighting on the fucking bus. Of course, fighting amongst each other to where one of the other characters, who happens to be African-American, he goes and he puts his hand on poor old Scotty and guess what fucking happens.
2: You get that hand off of me, we're going to have one more missing person right here. There's nothing about any of us on this bus that's more important than sticking together. It's the only way we're going to get through this. You want to play Cock of the Walk now, huh? Now's not the time for this shit, Scotty. Big K, sit. I'm serious. You wanna play Cock in the Walk, bro? Why do I think you wanna call me something else? You wanna call me something else, Scotty? Cause I don't think you get I can see you thinking it, whether you say it or not. Just stop it, right now. Both of you, stop it.
1: This is, and this is ridiculous here, too. Here's that racism coming out. We just had it a little bit a while ago, and here it comes back back again. I think you want to call me something else. Bruh. Like, really? I. <laughs> this doesn't need to be in this goddamn movie. It doesn't. And why do they need to fight amongst each other? It makes absolutely no fucking sense. I mean, okay, maybe it does. He's jealous of what's going on, but he can be jealous without being fucking racist. You know, it, there's two things that are happening in this scene that I don't get, okay? Well, the the big major two are the racism and the homophobia. Those are probably the biggest ones that's going on in this. But it's singling out this character, this bully thinks he's better than everybody else type of character. He feels like I, I mean, does it have to be this like down home, like old school guy that he he really doesn't need to. be? be like this this is not the care you can make that character who's jealous of the playtime who thinks that he's better than everybody else who has the girlfriend that he everybody wants you know he's got everything going for him but it's just not enough you can have that character and you can be totally fine without him being homophobic and racist at the same fucking time i i don't get it And it really bothers me. And it shouldn't, maybe it shouldn't bother me so much. And it's not the fact that these things were written in here for him to say. You know, he never says anything bad. You know, he never says the words that a lot of people won't say. But he implies them. But it's to show how horrible of a guy he is. And you don't need to do that. You could show him being a horrible guy without being that type. Look, The best example that I can get, look at Biff Tanner from Back to the Future. That was a horrible guy. That was a bad guy. That was a similar guy. He never had to say anything. And I know that's a totally different movie, and maybe it's more of a family movie, but look at the way that this character is written. You you have this jock, numbnut, thinks he's better than everybody, but just to emphasize the point that he doesn't get along with everybody, this is what we're going to do. You're going to have him go after poor Izzy and you're going to have him go after Double D here and start fights with both of them because he doesn't appreciate what they are because he doesn't think that he thinks that he's getting preferential treatment because he's black and not because he's a better player than poor Scotty over here. And so after they have this confrontation uh, that I don't want to talk about anymore, the creeper finally truly shows up and you actually get a good look at him this time and is it just me or is the mask worse in this movie than it was in the first one like I didn't think he looked that bad the makeup you have more money you have more money why why doesn't he look better I mean yeah you're probably reusing a lot of the crap from the first fucking film but you don't have to make him... You could make him look a little more, I don't know, human-like. And I, I get that there are some more special effects that are used later on in the film that are a little better than they were in the first one. And then there's some really fucking laughable ones that we'll also get to later on in the film. So, he starts shaking the bus, and everybody kind of freaks out. And he's at the front, and he... He loosens some bolts from the bus itself, from some of the doors that you'll find out there's meaning for it later. But then he starts going down the line of all the students and the, that are in there and starts singling out a couple of people, including Minxie, who is our psychic, uh, and well, now turned psychic, da- Dante, Jake, Scotty, Bucky, and especially Double D, where he licks the goddamn window. And it's one of the most ridiculous and honestly funny. I laugh my ass off both times at how stupid this looked. But again, this is part of that, like, like what that one reviewer said, where you're kind of, he's like, looking at him, and, he, and I honestly think it's because there's something that he wants that's so deep with inside Double D. The fact that he's called Double D, too, is not helping my point, but... He wants something so much inside him that it's just, he hungers and yearns and just wants it so bad that he has to lick the fucking window? Really? So, they do that. They start going after, you know, going crazy on the bus. And then eventually, Minxie, she collapses and she has a conversation with Justin Long in her dream.
2: 23rd spring for 23 days it gets to eat.
3: Eat what? Eat
1: what? Yes. Now the actress here that plays Minxie is the worst of the three cheerleaders and she's got the most uh, scenes and most acting I don't want to say chops but acting performances in the movie out of the cheerleaders but she's definitely the worst and most laughable in the way she does things. Because there's even worse things that are going to happen in the future. I mean, it's like terror read level of bad acting. But she's not in a so-bad-it's-good movie like Sharknado. You know, it's one of those things where it's, it's just horrible. And I can't really take it. And they show Justin Long at the end of that in the makeup from the first film. Where he, at the end of it, where he's missing his eyes in the back of his head... But the green screening that was used in this one is so piss poor that you can see the outlines around the eyes and at the back of the head. It's either that they made him wear some type of like a green screen type thing or they tried to digitally edit it out. Whereas in the first one when you saw it, I think it was just a practical effect. They could have done a practical effect again and just shown him from the like nose up. You know, to show, emphasize. And then the voice could have been there. You could have had a really good looking scene. But instead you have this kind of cheesy scene where you have a decent looking model. And the way that they did it and with the the makeup. But it's kind of taken out because you can see where the digital enhancements are. uh, Based upon what looking through his eyes. Like literally looking through his eye sockets. So she ends up waking up. And they are all panicking, and they think that it's gone. They're all on the bus trying to figure out what to do. It's gone.
2: It came. It did its thing. It went away. It went away,
0: but what the hell was it doing? What do you think it was doing? It was picking
3: people out. What? can smell something in people, in their fear, something that helps it pick people out. Pick people out for what? I don't understand how you would know that, sweetie. A dead boy told me.
0: I think he was trying to warn me. He was trying to warn all of us that
3: this thing has been around for thousands of years and that nothing has been able to kill it. This is a dream you had? Well, the boy was dead, so yes. I am assuming that it was a dream, Scotty.
2: You were waving pom-poms at people this morning. Now all of a sudden you're a psychic hotline?
3: I don't know. You want to explain it to me because I can't.
1: Okay. (sighs) Biggest problem with the scene. How did she get all that information on It feeds on us? She managed to tell the whole story of the creeper, but we only got to see the part where he says... It comes out and it feeds. Oh, it feeds on us. Okay, I could give. she came out and basically said that. Maybe even some about the 23 days, because I think Justin Long actually did say a little bit about that. But how does she know that it picks out based upon fear? It picks out specific people. She knows a lot more fucking information than Justin Long told her and us in that scene. So we're missing out on something here. There could have been a longer sequence or maybe he explained more of what was going on. Now, I know there was a lot in that whisper sentence, but it was more about what happened between him and his sister, if you listen to it really, really closely, than what actually happened uh, with, in, in, with the Creeper in general. Like, what exactly he does and why he does these things. And she's able to give us a whole recounting of that. And it just, it's bad writing. Or it's bad editing, because editors are the ones that really tell the story, as I've heard so many times told to me before. But I really wish there was some type of deleted scene that we could see, maybe that he tries to tell her more. And maybe that scene should have been included in the fucking movie, because then we'd get more fucking lore on the Creeper. I mean, it's nice that we've learned a tad bit more about him in this... But a lot of it is just kind of pieced together in what people have told us afterward and not necessarily what was included in both films. I would have liked to have seen a lot more explained here and that could have helped with both since Justin Long's character is a part of the Creeper now as is Billy who we saw in the beginning of the film. And, and many other people. If we saw many more apparitions, because they're now a part of him, and they now know more about him since they're a part of him, they could have told a lot more, including ways how do you stop him. But of course, there's no fucking way to stop him according to this movie. But I'm getting ahead of myself there. So it's you go on and you see you you fade over to the to Pop Pop and uh, Jackie, his son. And they're driving along the highway, and you get to actually see one of the earlier couples that the bus uh, drove by. The bus, they've crashed, and he's actually taken both of those uh, people too. And since they're on, that, kind of leads pop pop to know that he's on the right route of finding the creeper because he's following in his wake of destruction. While he's going back to the truck, Jackie's on the the CB radio, and he actually is able to pick up the call from Buckley.
0: 226, are you still there? I'm so fucking still
2: here. Okay, okay, just say again what you just told me. We're not playing games here, right? Just say it, man. We are trapped in a broken-down school bus out on East 9. And something is going to kill us if we don't get help out here right away. Where on 9 East? In Kinsel County. Are you the cops? What's trying to kill you? What are you talking about? Just tell me, are you the fucking cops? Look, now listen to me. Big highway, so County. Are there any landmarks near you? Are you close to anything? Yeah, I'm close to peeing my fucking pants, man. Can you just please tell me that you're on the way?
1: Real fast, I wanna go back to the car they found before I talk about this clip. And it's something that's really stupid, but I think it's lazy shitty fucking writing again. So when we saw that white car or the car that's been crashed, uh b- before when it passed the bus, they showed a bumper sticker. And then they showed the car crashed and kind of torn open and stuff. And it's the same fucking car. And the bumper sticker that was shown to us was primarily just shown to us as a foreshadowing technique to link us to something later in the movie. It's to link us to this fucking bullshit. Like, you think we're that fucking stupid to not realize that that's the fucking same car? Like, it doesn't make any goddamn lick of sense. To be honest with you, like, I would have known that. I see this car. Okay, that specific car, the way that it's built, the way that it looks, everything matches up to the car we saw in the beginning of the fucking movie. Would I have thought that, hey, this is just another car? It's like the goddamn pest control thing. If on the pest control truck that we also saw in the beginning of the movie, the the very first time during that chant scene, if we saw that truck later in the film... And that has a bug on top of it. But they didn't focus on the bug on top or the whole car. They focused on the fucking license plate. And then when they show you the car again, you're like, Oh, that couldn't be the same car with the bug on top because the license plate doesn't fuck you. No, it fucking is the same car because these are the same fucking props that they have to fucking use with. Sorry for the so many fucks in this little bit of time. But it's ridiculous. It's just so lazy. And it makes you... Makes them think that the audience is so goddamn stupid that you can't put two and two together. You know, you you look at the damn car, this looks the same. You look at that car, that looks the same. Even though it's got the roof torn open on it and it's a little bit destroyed. But it looks like the same goddamn car. And you gotta prove it to me by just showing the bumper sticker. You're... Stop thinking your audience is so goddamn stupid. That is my main point of that rant. Now, going back to what happened here, it seems like they're actually on the trail and they'll be there soon. He kind of lies to them and says, yeah, we're going to call the cops. Of course, they're not going to call the cops. They're just going to go try to find these guys out in the middle of nowhere. So we go back to the people inside the bus at this point, and they're still arguing amongst themselves, and the creeper is slowly coming around again, and they realize when the creepers starting to attack the van, at least from the outside, that they can't get out because He did something very, very fucking smart. He jammed it. We thought it was trying to come in. But this freaking thing was making sure we couldn't get out. And they fight off the creeper actually pretty well. Using those javelins that they were laughing about early in the film, she manages to stick him right in the fucking eye. And not before he's tried to grab Bucky and pull him through the roof by his head. Which... I don't know if it was thought of, but we'll we'll talk about it again later on. I don't want to ruin it right now. We'll talk about it then. So, we then get this weird scene that maybe this is the reason why it got the R rating, but normally it doesn't happen because it's happening to the monster and not happening to any of the humans in the film. So, in an actually decent effect for this film... uh, we see the creeper moving the javelin in and out of the eye that she stuck it through, and he's going back and forth back and forth, and eventually he actually rips off a big portion of his fucking head to which one of the other characters actually said the same thing uh right before I said, "Oh my God, it ripped off half of his head." Uh, which again it was a decent effect for this type of movie. It was a kind of a practical, but it did cut away. So you didn't see everything, but you do get something kind of cool in a bit. Um, so he flies up uh to escape everybody, and then he comes crashing down on top of the the bus itself. Scotty then goes into this kind of long diatribe about it's time to not be nice and actually separate the two classes of people on the bus. It's time to go.
2: What are you talking about, man? Help hope it's coming. The nine is big, you remember? What if he's an hour away? What if he's going the wrong direction? There are fucking cops on the way, man. And you want the rest of us to sit underneath that big hole in the roof and hope that thing doesn't come crashing in here? What do you mean, the rest of us? I mean, it's time to stop being polite. There are two classes of people on this bus now. It had its pick of 20 of us back there, and it picked who? Dante was one. Another one was you, Jake. Oh, God damn it, and Scott, And we all go- saw him go for you, Bucky. What the hell is that supposed to mean, huh? Two classes of people? What the will be eaten and the won't be
0: eaten? Fuck you, Scotty.
1: That's right, Bucky. You fucking tell him, fuck you, Scotty, you piece of shit. Still on the reels from that sick fucking burn from Bucky, Scotty then turns his attention towards Double D. Scotty,
2: you're not talking about throwing people off this bus. It's funny you should say that, D, because the only other one we know it picked out for sure was you. Whoa, whoa, hold on a second. <laughs> we all saw the way it sniffed you out back there. You were the only one that gave tongue action, man, and we all saw it. Scotty!
1: And so they get into another little scuffle. Of course, he has to fight with every fucking person on the bus. And then Double D turns around and puts that piece of shit back into his own place.
0: Are you listening to me, you piece of shit? He looked at you too,
2: bro. I saw him and you did too.
0: He looked right at you and smiled. And when you made Jake take the lights off it, He could have looked at you twice and licked his fucking lip. We don't know that. So you keep your little blacklist. Because when he takes you out, and I hope he does, I'm going to be the one getting as far away from your sorry ass as I can.
1: So it's at this point that they all decide that it's time to get off the bus together. What I forgot before I went into this long period of fucking clips is that there was a really cool effect that basically kind of freaked everybody out, and poor Dante himself, he got killed in the process. See, when the creeper came and he slammed himself back onto the roof, he kind of played possum, and everybody was trying to get on the other side of his wings. Dante, he's sitting there and he's playing with the wings, thinking that the guy's all passed out, but he ends up swooping himself inside, the well, getting himself caught inside the wing, and then brought up uh, to the roof to where his his head gets ripped off. And that's probably partial also with the R rating there. Well, the, the creeper himself, with the half of his face gone, he rips off his head in a decent effect. A very nice practical effect. Uh, and you see all the kind of inner workings of the back of his head all working, which is really neat. And then you see the head rise from his stomach and take the place, the head of Dante, and take the place of the Creeper's head. And at that point, that's when the Creeper disappears kind of to lick its wounds. And everybody freaks out and then we have this conversation. You know, now that I think about it, I think some of this Creeper's kind of abilities would be cool to have. I mean, I'd like to be able to have a nice new head whenever I wanted one, right? Wouldn't you? Like, you break a leg and instead of, you know, waiting for it to heal, you just... Fucking rip it off and go eat somebody and eat their leg and then bam you got a new fucking leg it's perfectly healed works great need a new heart same thing bam go eat somebody's fucking heart just make sure they don't have like heart disease or something like that and then you know you might get fucked up but really you could replace anything you want got got to wear glasses and don't want to be able to buy or have to wear them or go out and buy them or have to buy contacts so you don't look like a freak bam go eat somebody's eyeballs I mean, that's perfect. It'd be great. i love it. But I think I'm getting way too off fucking topic here. So, they all get out of the bus, and then the creeper, of course, comes and attacks. Before that, Scotty and his girlfriend get in a little bit of an argument to where she equates fear to being like somebody on alcohol, where the true colors of somebody comes out either when they're drunk or they're really afraid. And I totally agree with that, and that's actually one of the better lines of this whole movie. So they all run away, and the creeper almost gets double D, but he trips the last possible second, and the creeper throws out a knife, which gets stuck into uh, Scotty and sticks him into a tree, and he can't pull himself out. So they go back and forth, Izzy comes over and tries to help him. Uh, The girlfriend, she goes and he tries to help get the knife out. And then Double D, even though he doesn't really want to do it, he actually breaks all boundaries. And doesn't matter what type of bigot or homophobe this guy is, and they help him. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's one of those scenes where you're kind of like, oh, look at us, we're so much better than you because we're willing to help you e- even though you're a dick. I get it. He's the antagonist besides the fucking creeper. But really, do you... You don't need to have it in this type of movie. Just, I wish it would would have stopped at the beginning of the fucking movie. But I don't want to get back on this again. So, they actually manage to get the knife out of him. And when they get the knife out of him in the tree, the creeper swoops in and bye-bye fucking Scotty. I don't ever have to listen to your ass again and see your ass again. And I hope he eats something that you don't fucking need anymore. You know what would be great? Maybe he ate his dick off and then he just gets the new dick but leaves him dickless for the rest of his life and drops him in a ditch somewhere and you see him at the end of the movie and he's like oh my god he ate my dick i can't do anything with it anymore and everybody laughs at him and okay again getting off topic and i'm terribly sorry so they you know they're running away and uh the creeper is coming again and coming to attack poor little Minxy. And right before he's able to do it, here comes Pop-Pop and Jackie, and they're actually managed to save her. And he's still kind of, this is where it it's more like Moby fucking dick, right? So he wants to get the creeper, and that's all he's focused on doing is kill him because he got his poor boy. And, you know, <sighs> Mixie tries to talk some sense into him.
0: Look, you can't stop it!
1: You get in the cabin with Jack Jr. You stay down till this is over.
0: This will never be over!
3: It doesn't matter what you do. It'll be back. 23 years from now. 23 years from then.
1: Yeah, see, again, this is really shitty acting. Uh, I mean, I, I would have a lot more fun if fucking Sylvester Stallone was in that role. It'll never be over It will oh, come back. You know, it would have been a lot funnier. Uh these are the things in the movie that make me laugh. Like even the look on her face like she's trying to cry, but it looks like she's just really hard trying to take a shit. Like she's really fucking constipated and that's how she gets that emotion that,
2: it'll never, be over. It'll never be over
1: You know, it's it's that type of acting oh man this is this is such a shitty movie uh so uh they go after he goes after his white whale and uh we cut back into the bus and we find out there are two students one of the cheerleaders one of the other students that are still in the bus and hiding from the creeper and bucky he shows back up and uh, i gotta say it's poor bucky
2: have you seen anybody else what are you doing the thing is after you, Bucky. Hey, there's no farm out there, man. I must I must have run 10 miles all over this fucking valley. Bucky,
0: come on. Just please, go
2: away. Don't make me go back out there again, man.
1: It's fucking freak out there, man, please. And then the hand reaches into the roof and starts to pull Bucky up through. This is the second time this has fucking happened. Remember when I talked about it earlier? Well, here's time number two. I can't believe that they use the same fucking thing to happen. And what happens this time? I really thought poor Bucky was going to get it. But no, Pop-Pop shows up and he manages to hit him with a harpoon. Like, it's really ridiculous. Like, the creeper can't get this guy. And he uses the same technique both times by reaching his hand down and grabbing his head and trying to pull him through the roof. It's funny... At the same time, it's lazy and ridiculous that you would try to do at the same time. And the same thing happens. The first time, he gets a javelin through the eye. The second time, he gets stuck with a harpoon. He gets stuck with something both times. The same shit. He can't fucking win. I feel sorry for the creeper. Because the creeper is probably the most honest person in the movie. He's only trying to do one thing... Feed so he can go into hibernation for the next 23 years, and then he'll be back to feed again for another 23 days and go back into hibernation for 23 years. He's just a creature. There's nothing wrong. And meanwhile, he has to get harpooned by everybody, whether it's a javelin or it's a homemade harpoon from a post gun and he can't get his nerd he needs his super hacking skills you don't understand when he wakes up the next time it's going to be 2026 and he's got to be able to you know get with the times and this guy's going to help him maybe when he hibernates maybe this nerd seen as a lot of internet porn and he needs that to get him through that whole hibernation period of 23 years you know what are you going to do you're going to sleep most of the time but maybe you'd like to see some images of some naked women. I'm just saying. You never know why he wants them. Maybe he wants them for the intellect. Like I said, maybe the guy's got something in him that's like, oh, well, that's going to help me understand technology later in the future. Even though it's not going to be terribly different, but it's going to be much different from what I've got right now. I mean, I've been here since goddamn Washington was fucking president. And, you know, and here I am. I'm able to drive a car. Just saying he drove a car in the first one but he manages this one just to run around and fly all the fucking time oh uh, okay so there's a big struggle in between the creeper and the the dad uh and they're trying to go around and they keep going around the bus and it's just like i i don't get it the bus the bus can't move but yet you know it's gonna be this big fucking thing I, I, i don't even want to get into the goddamn bus so he's got to go a hold of the creeper but the bus is pretty much going to come and completely destroy the car and jackie really urges his dad to get out of there
2: dad get out of there uh, the spoon's jammed in the cradle dad just get out the cradle's rolled into the truck's frame uh, get out dad oh, he'll rip my gone right out of the truck
0: dad just get the fuck out of there
1: So he actually jumps out of the last possible minute. The truck is destroyed. The bus is destroyed. The kids are managed to get out of the bus and they're okay. Uh, And then the creeper kind of gets away at that point. It's neat how good of a shot the dad is because he's able to nail him two fucking times pretty well. Uh, And at the speed that the creeper is going, that guy has to be the second best hunter in this fucking movie. So we cut back to Izzy and he's with Double D and Scott's now ex-girlfriend and they're discussing on what to do because they're so just they have such a defeated attitude because they're out in the fields alone and there's nobody to help them and Minxy's said that of course you know they're going to die.
3: You're
2: not going to believe this. But I think I found a way out of here.
0: What? Minxie said it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what Minxie said. Right? The others might have gotten away. We don't know that. Kimball too. Hey,
1: nobody gets to decide we die. No dream, nobody. Nobody gets to decide that that is bullshit. What does this sound like a scene from Rudy. You know, nobody decides on how, who gets to play but me. Like, it's like, maybe not Rudy, it's more like, it's an emotional, uh, you know, that emotional speech like from Independence Day or Pacific Rim where you've got the president and he's out there and he's trying to rally the troops. Nobody decides on how we die. You know, tonight, Armageddon, we're going to stop it. I can't remember the Pacific Rim line for the life of me right now. But I go, today is our independence day. And so, well, it's his motivational speech here it does decide to get Double D and uh, the, the X moving. So they go and they find the car. Well, the truck. Remember the bug truck from the beginning of the movie? Well, that's what they fucking found. I didn't need any foreshadowing on that. That this is what they were going to find. You know... Oh boy So they decide that they're going to get in the truck And (sighs) Listen to it
0: That's the truck that passed us this morning Remember with the big bug on top of it You think we can just
2: drive away in it No but I think I know how to hotwire a truck That's how I got my bar fight I was trying to steal somebody's truck Gay bar
1: Really? Did you have to add that at the end of the fucking sentence? You had to add that fucking question at the end of the Gay bar? And then he doesn't dispute it. He doesn't say anything about it. I think he just finally fucking just accepted the whole thing that everybody thinks that he's gay. And you never really find out, is he really gay? Isn't he gay? As with the fucking name. But why should I fucking care? Why should you bring this back up again? What the actual fuck? I just, for the most part. And then she says, you think we can get away in that? And he says, no, but I think I can hotwire it. What does that fucking mean? Doesn't that mean that you can get away in the fucking car if you're able to fucking hotwire? You say, yeah, I think we can get away if I can hotwire it. That's what I was doing in the bar. Basically, I think that he's a thief. He's just a car thief and he was caught trying to steal somebody's car so they beat the shit out of him. But you don't have to add the gay bar part to it and you don't have to add that stupid response as, no, I don't think we can get out of here. I think that I can just hotwire it and then we can get the fuck out of here oh my god, this thing's almost over, right? There's still like 30 fucking minutes left of this movie. It's fucking ridiculous. So they actually manage to hotwire the car, and then guess who shows up? The Creeper shows up. So then there's a chase scene between the Creeper and the car, and we go around and around, and the Creeper is catching up because he can go much faster than a car can, and which is fine. I'm not saying that as a Oh my god, I can't believe he can go much faster. No, because he's able to actually catch up to a lot of these people, and he, he's a lot stronger, and he's eaten a lot more people than these people have, and turned them into body parts and everything. So I can understand. What did he eat to get the wings? Like, there's no human that has wings. I, that That's a question for another point in this fucking podcast. But, so he goes... And he flies after... And Izzy thinks of the perfect way to stop him. And he's going to sacrifice himself by flipping the truck. Well, he doesn't... He's not meaning to flip the truck. Basically, he's going to hit the brakes and force the creeper to go through the windshield. And when he does... Well, first he pushes uh, the X out of the thing, out of the moving vehicle. And she tumbles off into the grass. And she's perfectly fine, by the way. But Double D is sitting in the back of the truck... And he is still in the back of the truck when the whole truck flips over completely and rams into the ground. And there's no way that either of those two could survive. I mean, you don't even see Double D get thrown from the truck. But for some reason, he's way out in the field. So he guess he did get thrown from the truck when it was flipping over. But Izzy's probably dead inside the damn car. Now you're in the field and you actually get to see the bone protruding from the leg of Double D... And he's got the flare gun. And so he's, you know, trying to protect himself, but he's kind of like catching his breath and figuring out what he's going to do. And that's when you see one of the dumbest things in the entire movie. This is number three. And the reason that it's number three is because all the homophobia and all the racism are the dumbest things in this movie. One and two. You get more homophobia than you do racism. That's why homophobia gets number one. Number three is the creeper chasing Double D through the field. It is the funniest and most ridiculous thing that you will see in cinema. Because like a bullfrog, because the creeper has had its wings torn off, one of its arms, and one of its legs, it fucking hops after double d to go get him to go eat him and it's so dumb it's it is literally the dumbest part i could not stop laughing when i first saw it and when i saw this again i forgot about this part completely and i couldn't i had to pause it because i was laughing so hard because it looks so ridiculous and the fact that he's actually able to catch up to double d makes it even worse i understand double d's the ink got he's got both of his legs but one of them's completely busted but he has the ability to crawl and crawl fast but mr fucking bullfrog over here he's able to leap uh giant distances in a single bound I mean, if there was a Superman of half-destroyed monsters, the Creeper would be it. And so he's jumping, he's jumping, and he's trying to crawl away, double D's, like, oh my god, I can get it. And he actually gets uh, caught, like I said, by the, the Creeper, and the Creeper's on top of him, and he's got his thing, and then you get to see the kind of cool backside of the head open up behind him, and he looks like he's going to do something. And then, out of the middle of nowhere, he gets shot in the face with a fucking uh, homemade harpoon. And here's Pop-Pop, Minxie, the ex, the the other cheerleader, and uh, Bucky and the other guy that was on the bus. I don't remember who he was. They're all alive, and, and uh, now the creeper's stuck in the ground uh, due to the pole. Well, he's he's basically damaged. And then Pop Pop comes over and begins stabbing the shit out of him. And I'm playing this because it is a ridiculous number of times that Pop Pop stabs the creeper. <laughs> <laughs> By my count, that's 24 times that he stabbed him. Every time you hear him go, Uh!" Which, out of context, that sounds really horrible. But each time that you hear that noise, that's him stabbing the fucking thing. And it's... he. uh... What ruins it for me, too, is that this scene is kind of in the trailer. I mean, this is the end of the movie, basically. You have him, he stabbed him, they say, Oh, he's not really dead... But, you know, he's... he He's basically down there in the ground. And he's like... Like, you can't really kill him. And then the dad goes, well, it looks dead to me. You know, and that's in the trailer. And that's at the end of the goddamn movie. So, after stabbing him 24 times... He... You look at the face and the weird, like... Thing cocoons over the creeper's face. And when he cocoons over the creeper's face... You no longer they uh, basically think that that's it, but his time has actually run up for this day. So after all is said and done, we look at the field, uh, it fades out, and it fades to a truck driving up to a farm. A bunch of guys, uh, well, young kids get out, and a now much older Jackie comes and meets them. Hey, Tiger. That's
0: right. Can you see it? Can you read? Is this something real? I heard it was a bunch of bullshit. Still five bucks.
1: So, I guess they're trying to make money off the damn creeper now. And they, they put it up here, they call it the Bat Out of Hell and it's five bucks for a viewing and ten dollars for a picture and of course these young kids want to come out and see it so they pay the five bucks and they go into the barn and they see it actually hanging up inside the barn uh pop pop now much much older rolls in his wheelchair towards the kids and they ask him what's up with that thing what's the
2: story in this thing
3: whatever you've heard probably you expect us to think that that thing's real? Don't really care. How'd you kill it? Stabbed it right through the heart. With a big, homemade harpoon.
1: Which I made within a couple of hours and was still able to go out there and destroy this creature. I mean, that's the most ridiculous thing in this movie besides the hopping. I know there's tons of ridiculous shit in this movie, but honestly, like if you think about time frames of him making his own homemade weapons and turning that pole launcher into a gun, the way that he did, that would have taken a lot more than the time frame it took in this movie. But he still has it up there and the kids look kind of look down on him and they're like, "Are you waiting for something?" and we get the final lines and the credits of the movie. You waiting for something?
3: about three more days. Give or take a day or two.
1: So that was Jeepers Creepers 2. Now, it's not a... Like I said, it's not a terrible movie. It's got a lot of bad things going for it. And most of it has to do with the writing. The way things are shot, some of the suspenseful scenes are... They're not like the first one. I think taking it more out into the open, you're basically just stuck in the middle of a field for the whole time. Whereas when you look at the original Jeepers Creepers, there were a lot of more in... in Like, uh in set scenes you go into the house of the creeper you go into the police station there's a lot of chase scenes with the car there were a lot of really cool suspenseful scenes and you do get that in a couple little things and like i said the beginning was well done but the fact that you're basically just on a bus for almost the whole movie is kind of shitty to be honest with you it just doesn't add that but there are Like the head removing scene looks really great. And even the head coming up out of the body and replacing the the other head looks pretty good too. But it doesn't really warrant, maybe not in this day and age, it doesn't warrant an R rating. This is a PG-13 movie. There's some bad language in it. I think they say fuck more than once and maybe that's why they got an R. But there really isn't a reason for them to have an R rating on this movie. Maybe with the exception of a body without a head... But you see that nowadays, and of course this is 2003 that we're talking about, not 2016. So I can't really compare the two together. All I can tell you is is that if you were to see this movie now, this would be a PG-13 movie. And there really isn't any other thing to show it being an R, other than they were trying to make it... I don't know. It makes no sense for the type of movie that it was. I wish it had more to it. So I'm going to give the gore in the movie a 2 out of 5. There was the head ripping off scene and him ripping the part out of him and that's about it. Those are the goriest things that you're going to see and there's not really any gore associated with it. I could have moved it down to a 1, but I thought those scenes were good enough to kind of warrant that. The scene with him doing the javelin in and out of his head with the eye, that was pretty cool. And I would that would definitely gives it a point. So I give a point for each of those. Uh, The fun factor in this movie, it's a 1 out of 5. The scenes that don't involve the creeper are boring as shit or fucking piss me off. It's just, the dialogue sucks, the acting sucks. It's just not fun to watch, and it just moves so slow. This movie, I believe, is over an hour and 37 minutes, or it's almost an hour and 40 minutes. I think with credits, it might even be an hour and 44 minutes. And that's too long for this movie. It really could have cut itself down to the 90 minute mark or gone a little closer or extended some things and added more things about more backstory about the creeper. I would have loved to learn more, but you don't really learn anything than what you already know and kind of have been told in the first movie. It had a good premise, but it just didn't follow itself all the way through. It gets a four to five in the crap factor because, based upon the acting, based upon the. Uh, you know, the sets, everything. It's just, for having a bigger budget, it was a shittier movie than the first one. I think the first one was just so original that it was hard to top it in terms of a sequel. And I really hope the third one goes more into the lore than it does in this film. Uh, and since so much time has passed, and 23 years will have to had passed for this third one, I sure hope. Or it's going to be a prequel, which I hope it is not, um, that you have to give some more. If it is a prequel, maybe then we do get more lore and that'd be great. But I just can't see this being before the the events of this one or sometime during the time of this one. I I don't know. Maybe leading up to them following. I I really don't want to give them ideas. It's it's not great. So overall, I'm going to give this movie two out of five creepy creeps are creepers. It really, do I recommend it? If you saw the first one and you want to see how this goes, or you watched along with the podcast, I'm sorry. Uh, but I, maybe I'd say then. If you've never seen the franchise, just watch the first one. Don't bother with this one at all. The first one is a really, really good uh, for, for my tastes, And I would recommend that to anybody out there. Uh, like I said, for the time, it was something original. It was much better than I thought it was going to be because the trailers made it look like shit. So take it with a—it's uh, your grain of salt. Uh, your miles may vary, as they say, with this. But I can't recommend this movie to anybody. And it it gets some um, just based upon originality of the creature. Like you have such a good creature that I wanted something bigger and better for it. The idea behind that is was so good and was so interesting, and even the stuff that they talked about in this film, in terms of the lore of the creature, and I keep going back to that, it could have been so much better than it was. So, for next time, we're actually reaching upon a year of this podcast, and this is going to be the end of season one for the next episode, which will be episode 20, uh, 26, so... For the end of the first season of the podcast, I decided to go with something a little fun and with uh, one of my favorite actresses' names to say. Uh, Let's take a look at the trailer.
0: Thank you. Deep underground, in a top-secret research lab, security has been breached. A deadly virus, capable of contaminating the entire world, has been released by Umbrella Corporation. Oh, my God. We have to get out of this building. What was that? It's the brakes! It's okay, we're here to help. Now, an elite team has been sent in to stop it. Five hours ago, Rick Queen we went homicide. Who's the Red Queen? State-of-the-art artificial intelligence. The corporation's keeping a few secrets down here. Something you're not supposed to see. But they have only three hours left before it begins infecting and mutating the whole human race.
2: Everyone stay calm. What's
0: that? She bit me, man. She took a chunk clean right out of me. You have to get out don't listen to anything she says she's a holographic representation of the red queen she may be our only way out of here
2: how oh, is she still standing she isn't standing now
0: Resident Evil. You're all going to die down here. Storm, gonna
1: That's right. We're going to look at Resident Evil, the very first with Mila Jovovich. I know it's Jovovich, but I always say Jovovich. Uh, so, I'm very excited to rewatch this movie again, because it's got one of my favorite stolen scenes from any other movie out there, and if you don't know the one I'm talking about, then you haven't seen the movie Cube, uh, which is another movie I think everybody should see, uh, and we may do one of those on a later podcast, uh, but definitely not the first one, because the first one is a very good film, uh, in my opinion, uh, but I would warn everybody, please watch Resident Evil. It is dumb. It is fun. Uh, and it doesn't represent the video game at all. So, well, this is our very first video game-based horror movie on this podcast. And there is another one I want to look at, too. Uh, and we're going to save that for later on during the year. Um, it, well, during the second season of this. I can't believe I'm saying that. It's only been a year since I started doing this podcast. So, please go ahead and watch uh, Resident Evil before the next podcast that comes out, which will be September 9th. As always, you can always follow the podcast on Twitter at T underscore T underscore podcast. Check out the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Terrible Terror Podcast. Email any suggestions for movies through uh, to me directly, terrible terror podcast at com, or send me a direct message either on Facebook or on Twitter. Uh, and you can always check out also, I do a more generalized podcast called it be like that. And that happens every other week that this podcast is not available. So the next episode will be out uh, the following week after this has been released. So I appreciate everybody that's listened. Uh, Like I said to you, you should always rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play if you can, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blueberry, uh, wherever this podcast is found. It helps us get seen. It helps more people reach out there. And I've gotten a lot of good feedback uh, from people on Twitter recently, and I appreciate the feedback there. Uh, And uh, as of this episode, it's amazing to me that the Bride of Chucky episode has taken off so well. So I thank you guys all for listening. And I really appreciate everybody that checks in with me every episode. So next episode, we will be doing Resident Evil. Uh, Until next time. Bye bye. It is Ryan here and
0: I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?